You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Report's college football and NFL draft podcast. As always, I'm Matt Miller, joined on this beautiful Wednesday morning by my buddy Connor Rogers up in Manhattan. And, buddy, we got a, a big show and a lot to talk about as we're starting to get into the swing of not only college football, but now the NFL season. Oh, yeah. It's our favorite time of year when these worlds collide. Uh, a lot of good stuff happening. We got, of course, we're going to do a little stock watch. I know we handed out the $100 handshakes on the Monday show. And if you guys missed it, yes, there is a Monday show reacting to everything in the college football world. Now, this will be a little different because this is more how these guys project to the NFL. Only draft eligible players can make the stock watch, whether it is up or down. We're going to review the NFL rookies. We're not completely aborting mission on the NFL. For all you NFL fans out there, we're going to go through these quarterbacks. Uh, Sam Darnold started out a little rough and really settled in nicely. Of course, running backs, defenders, and some of the year two guys that we really liked. And as always, we'll close out the show answering your draft on draft questions. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And I do want to just uh, give you a moment to gloat if you need it, because (laughs) your team came out and put up 48 points on the Detroit Lions. Sam Darnold. First play, by the way, horrible play design. So bad. bad. First play, pick six by our guy, Quandre Diggs, a a Texas alum. Yeah. And it's like, oof. And I even tweeted, okay, we got to see if Darnold's going to settle down. He did. And I I think there was a lot of hyperbole last night on Twitter. I know you're surprised to hear that. But he played well. He did not play like the second coming of Joe Montana. You know, it was like he had a good game. The Jets defense should be the story of what happened last night. And I, I know we try not to, to step on any NFL toes anymore, but this is draft related. I promise you, because I can remember two years ago having a conversation with uh, someone who works for the Jets and and hearing about how the culture there just had to change, had to change. We got to get guys who, who don't want to lose and things like this. And so you look at what they've done. Jamal Adams, Marcus May. Uh, bringing in guys who can be culture changers, Sam Darnold. I mean, even some of the moves in free agency or in in trades, this is a tougher team. And you saw that last night, that defense without Marcus May, without Tremaine Johnson for a moment of the game, and really without a pass rusher yet, absolutely dominated the Lions. So Uh, hat tip to those guys. Yeah. And listen, we're not stepping on any toes. We talk about the Jets on this podcast. It's pretty natural. (laughs) So listen, are the Lions probably really bad? There's a good chance. I think Matt Patricia is, I don't have a lot of faith in him as a head coach, especially without the personnel that he wants. Uh, are the Jets really good? I think they're they're a solid team. And like you said, Matt, this is a young defense with a lot of speed. They were missing Marcus May. 
in this win. And they still went out there and dominated five interceptions for them of Stafford. They hit him a lot. The Lions, like always, could not run the ball. Like you said, the play design in the beginning, Sam threw it. So, yes, it falls on him. But that was his read. That was the target. It was the design far side wheel route. And he didn't see digs. And he got burned by it. But this is what, from a scouting perspective, what so many loved about Sam Darnold is that nothing faced him, that they felt the turnovers would dial down a little bit. And that he can really not be over, you know, feel the pressure too much in an NFL game. We saw really good pocket uh, maneuvering last, you know, the other night. And oh, it's just a promising start. This is what you want to see your young quarterback bounce back from. He's the only guy that got the start out of the rookie quarterbacks this year. And I thought there was a lot of promising signs overall. But the story of this game was the young players that the Jets have drafted over the years, whether it's the right tackle, Brandon Shell, Jamal Adams looks like a star. Darren Lee finally played like a first-round pick. It, there was just a lot of exciting things going on for a new movement for the Jets. Yeah, and so that's our stick to the Jets segment. Yeah, and, <laughs> and now we'll go show. into the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah, now we'll get to everything else. But I did. I know you were excited last night. You hopped on Instagram Live, and it was great. And you deserve that moment, man. This oh, is a you. long time coming of watching this team be built from scratch, basically. And for I, I think, uh, again, we owe a congratulations to a front office that took a lot of shit uh, for the Christian Hackenberg pick. They took a lot of shit for the, basically all their second round picks. Yep. And now we're starting to see a team really come together. And you, you start to feel like there may be one or two players away from being very, very competitive. Not just like a decent team, but very competitive. So congrats to everyone uh, up with the Jets. Let's get to some of the, the college football news. Rodney Anderson, this is probably the biggest news that came out this week. We saw him leave that game, the Oklahoma uh, game early last week. Walk to the tra- the locker room with the trainers. And for me, like that's the scariest thing when you see a player like walking back with the trainers because you're like, man, you've just seen that too many times. Especially it was confirmed. Back. Yeah, torn ACL, and I thought he was the best running back in the 2019 draft class, the most complete, especially. I mean, he came out gangbusters week one, five rushes, 100 yards against FAU, and I really thought, like, this is the guy who's going to take over. A power runner with speed, agility, catches the ball well, so if there was a chance for a round one running back this year, I would have put my money on Rodney Anderson. Now he's out for the year, so it's uh, kind of heartbreaking for all our Sooner friends. And and now that you're a, an Oklahoma fan, Connor, this is hard news <laughs> for you to swallow. I guess the good news is they have uh, Trey Sermon in the backfield, the guy that a lot of people really like and think that he can kind of fill in that gap and take over. Yeah, rightfully so. People are high on Sermon, but I'm with you, Matt. I mean, it's hard to make an argument that Rodney Anderson wasn't the top back in this class before this injury. It, you know, there we're gonna. I'm going to talk about a lot of the running backs today on the stock watch, so I don't want to get too far into the other guys, but. Anderson was a really good athlete with size and he can catch the ball. I think he could pass protect and he's obviously a good runner in an Oklahoma offense. That's been ultra productive every time he's on the field. So this is a giant blow. It's really disappointing. And unfortunately this is a part of the college game, especially at that running back position. This doesn't apply to Anderson, but this is why I always say if you play running back, you should probably stay for the minimum. I, I you know what yeah. I mean? It, look at Royce Freeman, who's now doing well. But it, he had a lot of injuries from staying every year at Oregon. I just get out of if you're going to be drafted, get out of school and get to the league because the wear and tear is just insane. Or pull a Miles Jack or Devin White and go play linebacker. Yeah, <laughs> for real. You know, I mean, really. Uh, and another guy, Rodney Smith, Minnesota starting running back. Same deal out for the, the year because of a knee injury. So running back is 
right? Obviously, this is you know true statement. It's a hard position to play, and you're going to get beat up. We're going to see injuries, but Rodney Anderson is one that really sends a ripple effect throughout not only the draft, but also the college football world because, I mean, Oklahoma's looking like a top-five team. Now you're without your number one running back. It's going to put more pressure on Trey Sermon. It's going to put more pressure on Kyler Murray and those amazing wide receivers they have and CeeDee Lamb and, and Hollywood Brown. So uh, they're still loaded on offense, but it is going to be worth watching to see uh, how well they rebound from losing a, a, a guy I think was their best player. Uh, I, I So Oklahoma news to start the show. I had to put in some Texas news just to balance, balance this it out. out. Yes. Yeah because I don't need Mello punching me in the face next time he sees me. So big news. And I can't believe that this hadn't already happened. I'm, I'm very shocked by this. But Vince Young has been uh, selected to the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. Again, this is just now happening in 2018, not back in like 2006, whenever he had the probably the most iconic play in Rose Bowl history. But they're finally getting him in. And I'm excited because... We will be in Austin this weekend. Uh, we, I wanted to plug this. This was my segue into plugging that we'll be down there tailgating with the Texas Hellraisers, the Longhorn Hellraisers. It's I have details about the tailgate. They asked me to like not publicly broadcast them. But if you're in the Austin area and you want to come tailgate with us, you can DM me. I'll send you the information. It's going to be a blast. We have burnt orange koozies. Which oh, that's amazing. They look good. They look really good. And uh, some special stick to football stickers will be given out. It bracelets, t-shirts, the whole deal. But congrats to Vince Young, who finally, a little over finally, two. 12 years later, made the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. That's insane. Why did that take so long? I don't, I really don't know. There's like, no like timeline. Like there's no like, nope. okay. Like, like they could have I mean, done it in 2009. <laughs> like, right. They could have done it after the game in 2006. I mean, because I don't, he actually, like in 2005, Texas made the Rose Bowl and beat Michigan. And that was really like that team's kind of culmination of like, oh, they're going to be really tough to beat next year. Uh, you know, this win over Michigan, you kind of saw like Vince Young mature into the player he was in 2006, but uh, or it was the 2005 Rose Bowl. Then it was the 2005 college football season. But uh, yeah, I mean, he played amazingly in two Rose Bowls. And for whatever reason, uh, it took 12 years to get in there, but yeah. good for him. Good for VY. <laughs> yeah, he needs a win. You know, he really does. And so does Texas. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I'm I'm worried. I am this rooting. Game. This is the I will never root for Texas more in my life than I am for this weekend, because obviously there's a stick to football event and you guys are going to be there. It's like, please get this win. Yeah, please, this will actually be well. our first Texas game at Texas That's that right. we've ever seen. So we've seen them play at Mizzou. I've gone to like five Red River shootouts. Yep. And we've we've gone to like spring game and practices and stuff, but never watched a regular season game there. So, uh, yeah, a win would be great. Otherwise, I'm going to shut down every bar on 6th Street <laughs> Im immediately after that game. Hop on IG I'm, Live to see more. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wish I might do anyway. All right, one more note. Now, uh, before we get into some scouts buzz, one of my favorite segments that we do, uh, big news from Nebraska, Adrian Martinez, Scott Frost says, has a chance to play this weekend. Uh, we've Good. only seen one game from Nebraska. It was that amazing game against Colorado, which the Buffaloes pulled out at the end. Nebraska plays Troy this weekend. Uh, so not, not you know, like a barn burner of a game, but after that, they have Michigan. So I think it's good to get Martinez on the field as much as possible true freshman starter at quarterback for Nebraska, and he looked good. He looked very good, I thought, last week in a tough game against Colorado. That is a well-coached defense. 
that he had to come out in his first game because week one got uh, delayed or canceled because of weather. And for Martinez to come out and play as well as he did, uh, I thought was really, really impressive. But now we see a knee injury where, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Nebraska actually submitted this video to the Big Ten where a Colorado player kind of twisted his leg oh, after a tackle. Fontes so it's kind of, a, kind of a dirty, dirty thing. Yeah. Is We'll see what the Big Ten says, but uh, there, there's at least the idea that maybe something not cool was going on. That's so, pretty wild. Yeah, that's the old Vontez Perfect, uh, right? You know, wrestling kind of lock. And yeah, I, listen, Martinez was imp- true freshman. That's super impressive. It just feels like Scott Frost, and I know they lost, but he's building that program really from the bottom up again. Uh, Scott Frost might be a star in the making as a coach, and, and I know Nebraska getting back to Nebraska was obviously you know, really big for him, but I, I have a lot of faith in him that he's going to turn that thing fully around. Yeah. I think next year we will be taking the tailgate tour to Lincoln to watch a Scott Frost yes. coach team because he's going to have prospects. And they'll be a lot better uh, then. And they, you know, they and will be everybody. All eyes are going to be on Scott Frost. I mean, he was obviously a big time hire. It's super exciting. Former New York jet Scott Frost. People forget that. What a strange oh, yeah. NFL career he had, but um, yeah, it's a lot of, it's super exciting. So now we're bringing something back that was an absolute hit last year. We loved it. I think you guys really enjoyed it. Scouts reporting, scouts buzz. What are they talking about on the road? What's going on? Matt, I see. I know you have something good in here. What do you got for us this week? Yeah, man. So you, as you know, this time of year, uh, my phone's blowing up, your phone's blowing up. And as we prepare to get out on the road, you start to hear, you know, this is the guy you need to watch. This yep. is the guy that you need to get on. And the player for me is Kendall Sheffield, the corner at Ohio State. I know we talk about Greedy Williams. We talk about DeAndre Baker, Jamal Peters. There are a lot of really good corners, especially down in the SEC where those three guys play. But Kendall Sheffield, who was an Alabama transfer, might be the fastest player in college football. Yep. He might also be the best corner. I mean, he is really coming to his own this year. The, the staff at Ohio State is very, very high on him. And those are some guys who've seen some corners who are pretty good, right? You know, Denzel Ward, Marshawn Lattimore, Gary and Conley, Eli Apple, Darren Lee, all, <laughs> Darren Lee, all first rounders at corner. They know what, what a good corner looks like. And they are saying that Kendall Sheffield is the dude. So that one honestly surprised me a little bit. Didn't mm-hmm. expect to, you know, uh, Kendall Sheffield. No, I, I think it's absolutely true. And one more note I want to throw in there because it's something we have talked about. And I will, if you're a new listener to the show, I will always tell you when I'm wrong about something. So occasionally I have to tell you when we were early on something that turns out to be true. NFL teams love Jarrett Stidham right now, man. I know Justin Herbert is good at Oregon. You got Will Greer at West Virginia. I mean, there are are a lot of quarterbacks out there right now that we're trying to sift and sort and figure out who the best one is. Well, Jarrett Stidham is the guy that the NFL is wild about right now. His toughness, his accuracy, his mobility. I would go ahead and say that as of now, he would be the favorite to be the first quarterback drafted. And and that's perfect because I could build off of that. From what I heard, the NFL loves the raw talent, the arm, the energy, the size, the athleticism, Justin Herbert. And I'm with you, Matt, from everyone I talk to. This is going to be the Stidham Herbert show to be the top quarterbacks taken. Is Will Greer finding himself in the conversation? Yes, there's still things he has to work on, though. Uh, I mean, I thought he, he obviously... Last week was okay, but had some questionable throws that probably should have been picked off. Overall, scouts love Justin Herbert. They love Jarrett Stidham. Everybody's looking for quarterbacks to break from the pack in this year's group. We talked about it over the summer. There's Drew Locke. 
There's Brian Lewerke. There's Will Greer, Nick Fitzgerald. The list goes on and on. My money is on these two separating themselves as prospects. Yeah, I, I'm with you, dude. And I, I think that you nailed it. And I, I wrote about this last week in Scouting Notebook that Justin Herbert looks very good. And, and you know, I was talking about this guy for yeah a year. A year. Now, it, was la- it was early last fall when you were in New York City. We did a show on set. And you said it's he's the early QB1. Yeah. And he might still be for some teams, but... I think there are a little bit of concerns about toughness and yeah, scheme, mental makeup yep. and the mental makeup and with Stidham, it's the opposite. It's like, okay. He's not going to look the prettiest throwing in practice, but watch him play on Saturday. Watch what he did against that Washington secondary that is absolutely loaded and you come away pretty impressed. So it's a long season. A lot can change a year ago at this time. No one thought Baker Mayfield was going to be a first round pick. He ended up being the number one guy. So it's a process. The cool thing is you guys are going to get to hear about it three times a week from us Yep. as we kind of, and I will, like I said, I, I know we're both good about this. Mellow is as well. We're going to pull back the curtain and when we're wrong, we're wrong. And the the few times that we're right, we're going to tell you about that too, because I, I think it's, it's also just important to kind of, you know, track the progress of these guys of, Hey, it's September 11th. We're sitting here recording. Jarrett Stidham is the favorite. You know what? By November 11th, that might be completely different, but we're going to definitely update you guys as that process unfolds. One last bit of buzz I wanted to get to on the NFL side of things, and I'm not just saying this because they were blown out in the opener, but I had heard leading up to the week that the Lions players specifically are not happy with Matt Patricia. They have not enjoyed playing for him. They have not enjoyed training camp or the preseason where they looked flat at times. And Patricia's side of things is I think they want the right personnel in there. And there was a lot of drastic cuts for the Lions this year. And there's going to be a lot more to come. But what was interesting, I was skeptical to talk about this. I briefly hinted at on the Stick to the Jets show that there was a lot of problems in Detroit that were behind the scenes. In the third quarter of that game Monday night, they looked like a team that quit on him. In the week one game completely quit the Isaiah Crowell run. I mean, it all makes sense. And if you're Matt Patricia, you better turn this thing around real quick because that looked like a sideline that did not want to play for that coach. And word is getting out real quick that they're just, they're not happy there. It's been a really, really rough start. And in the NFL, a first impression can be everything. They got to turn it around really quickly. And I know you've heard some of the same, Matt. Yeah, I absolutely have, man. And and I think uh, one thing that's going around, I, I think uh, Eric Edholm tweeted this out, but Belichick disciples were 0-6 in week one. Oof. And that's not great, right? So uh, extending off what you've heard about Matt Patricia, I've heard the same things. Like people just, they don't believe in him right now. And I, I think you have some players there who are almost demoralized because you go from Jim Caldwell, who's just this, like quiet, yep. you know, like he's not going to fire you up. And then you go to Matt Patricia, and he has to prove himself. Being Bill Belichick's defensive coordinator isn't like a way to earn cred with players. It's like, okay, well, you were Bill's puppet. Congratulations. You have a pencil in your ear. Like players don't care about that stuff, man. So uh, it's either one of those things where he's either going to have to turn this around and win some games, or they're going to have to turn that roster around. Well, the crazy get guys yeah. who are his guys and can really kind of like we were talking about with the Jets can build that that culture and that environment of all right we're going to go ball out we don't it, for anyone it doesn't matter who the coach is we're going to play for us and we're going to be great cuz when you look at it these guys haven't fared well 
I mean, Romeo Cornell was four and fifteen with the Chiefs. Eric yeah. Mangini, obviously disaster with the Browns, but you know that had some nice moments with the Jets. But overall, twenty three and twenty five. Bill O'Brien is thirty one and thirty four in the NFL right now. I mean, Josh McDaniels was eleven and seventeen. I know they go in and have things their ways, but Patricia is falling into the same kind of string of things that these guys did, and it's it's just very concerning early on. It really is. So it's something to watch, and it, it's it's funny. It's already that time of year. We've played one week of NFL football, and people are already being put on the hot seat. I thought it was going to be the guys in Tampa. For one week, they look pretty damn yeah. smart. All right, so we close it out with some NFL buzz. Now time to jump back into college football and how it affects the NFL. It's CFB Week 2 Stock Watch. First up on the list, a guy we were talking about recently, Justin Herbert. He's obviously played very well against some pretty poor teams, but once again, I mean, you can't control that. Just play as well as you can against poor competition. Quarterbacks always go early. Justin Herbert is back on the rise. We talked about it, him, Stidham, Greer, I don't really love any of these quarterbacks, but some are going to go in the first round this year. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And I, I get a feeling from Herbert right now that is very similar to how people talked about Jared Goff early in his last year, where it was, you know, man, this guy just does everything well, and he throws the ball beautifully, and I, Herbert's a little bigger and a little more athletic. So he has all the tools where I think someone's going to fall in love with him in the top two. Me too. And it would take, and it's not like he's a bad guy. People just question his toughness. Uh, and, you know, there was the story of him crying in the huddle as a freshman. And then there've been, you know, you, so you, then you talk to area scouts who have gone through there over the last two years and, and you get the feeling from Oregon people. They really, really think he should stay all four years and mature. Now the flip side of that, they might be saying they hope he stays all four years because he's a really good quarterback and yep. they want him to be there. So you have to trust sources there to, to get to the bottom of it. My up is Cleveland Farrell, who I thought had a wonderful game against Texas A&M trying to corral. Kellen Mond is not easy. And I thought Cleveland Farrell had a very good game to me. He is far and away the best prospect on that Clemson defense. And I, we've talked about this so much that Dexter Lawrence and, and Christian Wilkins and Austin Bryant are great college football players. As prospects, there are a lot of questions about them. You know, Lawrence is not a prototypical pass rusher. He's going to get flagged most likely as a two-down player. Christian Wilkins, a little bit undersized, and I think people will tell you a lot of his production comes because he's given these fantastic one-on-ones that you're almost never going to see in the NFL because people are worried about everyone around him. And then Austin Bryant, I actually got a text over the weekend where somebody was like, that dude's just a guy. Like, I'm not worried about him. So Cleveland Farrell, though, Looks like he has the chance to be a mid-first-round pick. Maybe to your New York Jets. They could use a pass rusher. He whooped the shit out of that left tackle. <laughs> I he mean, did. thank God Kellen Mond is is super mobile because Farrell was a nightmare. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Matt. You've been banging that drum for a while. He's the, he's the best NFL prospect in that front four. It's a lot of fun. So, all right, another guy up. I'm staying with quarterbacks. Someone we talked about a lot on Monday, Dwayne Haskins. I mean, if you're talking about a one-and-done kind of Mitch Trubisky candidate, this is the guy, and I'm not saying he's going to go top two, but if you're looking for someone that comes in, starts one year because he's buried behind an entrenched starter, plays really well, has all the NFL tools, why not Haskins? He went from somebody no one was talking about on the draft radar to being maybe a top 50 kind of guy. I love what I've seen, and we it's time. It's time to start talking about him. I know you – I think it was – you talked about it Monday where like a scout asked you, right? Like, do I watch yeah. him like, or an agent? 
is he for real? And you were like, yes, this is a guy we need to start talking about. Yeah, I mean, it was Rutgers, but he went, he was 20 of 23 for 233 yards and four touchdowns. And it's the look of everything. It is. And I, that, I've said that so many times, man, that it is the look. It's like, don't get caught up in who they've played. Like, forget that. Get caught up in how they play. You know, the the velocity, the spin on the ball, mechanics, decision-making. And yes, the schedule is going to get tougher for Ohio State. We all know that. But just the traits of how he plays are very exciting. And they have TCU this weekend. That's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good test for him. Um, I will be at USC Texas because they have the same kickoff. So you guys have to tell me about it. But I'll try to watch it on the way home. But yeah, I think Dwayne Haskins is someone who is justifiably a stock up. And I'm going to go my next stock up. Someone I talked about earlier in the show, Haskins teammate, Kendall Sheffield. It, the, I think the hype is real and the buzz is real. And the play that I've watched again, we haven't seen him dominate anyone. They played Rutgers and Oregon state, but I think Kendall Sheffield, again, is showing the traits, the, the foot speed, the instincts, the awareness. Those are the things that, I fell in love with Denzel Ward about this time last year because you just watched him play and you're like, man, this dude is so aware and his technique is so crisp. And then you throw in the fact that he's fast and physical and long-armed. And I think Kendall Sheffield is a very similar type player where you just see all the like little special things that you want. And, and he's probably a little bit taller than Denzel Ward and definitely a little bit thicker. Um, it, he has the look of an NFL QB1, CB1, in my opinion. And do you think there's something about you know, Haskins going against these Ohio State defenders in practice. All oh, the time. yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if you're not going one versus one a lot, I mean, you're, you're doing it enough to where you're getting tested. And it's Challenges. not like the Ohio State scout team sucks. You know, like no, they're all guys I, I remember say, hearing stories yeah. about, you know, Malik Hooker on a scout team picking off like 19 passes one year. So it's not like they hold these guys back. And, and Sheffield had a pick against Rutgers that, yes, I get it. It's Rutgers, but. He had a pick that really showed the ball skills and the instincts that I was talking about. Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, Denzel Ward was basically a one-year true starter, and that's, he yes. ended up being the fourth pick in the draft. So, right, and Ohio, had two picks on Sunday. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, Ohio State, good Lord, man. All right, my last one, stock up. Benny Snell, the running back on Kentucky. Once again, I think with Rodney Anderson out of the picture now, I don't see a round one running back in this class. But you want to talk about maybe a late day two guy that runs with power and can handle 25 touches a game. Benny Snell is a lot of fun to watch. He finds the hole. He runs with power at the second level. No, he doesn't have the breakaway speed, but he's a reliable rock solid running back. I, I see a little bit of the Jay Ajayi kind of style in his game. He's not as impressive breaking tackles. Jay is was when fully healthy, mind blowing at that, but Snell's a really, really nice player, and I think it's time to start talking about him being maybe probably in this top five running back conversation for the 2019 class. Yeah, I'm glad you got him in there because I think he's a little more NFL, like ready, more yes. NFL style than a lot of the guys that, that we do end up talking about. So glad you mentioned him. My last stock up before we get into some stock down, guys, Montez Sweat, the edge rusher from Mississippi State. If you're following me on Twitter, you've seen me just giving so much love to Mississippi State in recent weeks, but they deserve it. Montez Sweat, if if this weren't a Nick Bosa year, we would be talking about not Montez Sweat right up there with Cleveland Farrell as potential top 10 to 15 picks, and we still might be. We could see a run on edge rushers depending on how the draft order shakes out, but Montez Sweat to me looks like everything that you would want from a 3-4 outside linebacker. Uh, he has length. He's six foot six. I think he's going to be about 255 by the time the draft process rolls around. He is a, a dude with his length, 
his first step is so, so good. And he does have some talent around him, obviously. Jeffrey Simmons is a very good defensive tackle. You can watch these guys stunt and shift, and it's beautiful watching Mississippi State play ball. So I'm so excited to watch them throughout the course of the year because they're going to get, like, their schedule is not easy. They're going to play some very good teams. I mean, this weekend they have Louisiana Lafayette, so throw that out. But, I mean, they, they get Auburn. They get LSU. They get Texas A&M. Like, there's going to be games where you really get to see these guys tested against NFL-type talent. And Sweat, Simmons, Peters, Abrams, and Abrams got ejected for targeting last week. But that is a, a team that's loaded with defensive prospects. Yeah, it's pretty hard to pick against that defensive line right now. I mean, the, the defensive lines this year just come in bunches. Ohio State, talent across the board. Clemson, talent across the board. Mississippi State, talent across It's like... It's yeah. really unbelievable. So that's a fun unit to watch. I'm glad you're talking about Montez Sweat. As a lot of people bring up Jeffrey Simmons, Sweat, he's flashed. He's been really good. So, all right, two stock downs. They play the same position, running backs. LJ Scott, even before he got hurt, and now being hurt does not help his stock. He couldn't get anything going. Michigan State can't run the football. This is a guy that needed a bounce back year, and it's been anything but that. And I don't know how long he's going to be out for now, but... Michigan State, what a disappointing loss against Arizona State. And from the worky, you know, missing some throws, no run game, just really a disappointing team. This was a team in the top 20. They don't belong in that conversation anymore after a game like that. They've shown me nothing so far. The other guy, David Montgomery, I loved him over the summer, and I know yeah. you and Mello did too. Just nothing going on the ground this week against Iowa. And I think there's... You're talking about when I'm saying stock down, Montgomery is a guy going into this year that had a chance to work his way into the back end of the round one conversation. Now, he had to do a lot to do that, but he's very good with the ball in his hands in the open field, a pass catcher, great, great, thick kind of build. He just doesn't have the speed you hope for, and he's not able to create behind this Iowa State offensive line where getting himself into those top 30, 40 picks might be a really big challenge ahead of him. Yeah, I, I still like David Montgomery, and I, I honestly have not watched the Iowa game because we're going to see him in a couple weeks, so I was going to save it. And he doesn't like, get a lot of help. Right before we get there. That's That was going to be my question. How much help does he get? Not or are much. we just seeing a guy who, you know, defenses are completely stacked against him? And Iowa, the Iowa defense is predictably pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm looking at the stat line, which you can't take a, a ton away from it, but 17 carries for 44 yards, not a not a great way to go. So, uh, good call. I, I'm excited to to dig into the film and watch him, but you're right on LJ Scott, who, man, I I, I love like, big, powerful running backs, but he just never looked like a guy who was going to be able to separate, in my opinion. Uh, so, two stock downs for me. Obviously, we talked about Rodney Scott to start the show. Unfortunately, torn ACL, he's out for the year. I think that means you're you're going back to school for next year. So I'm going to completely uh, actually the way it works on my database uh, for the 2019 draft. I put his name in asterisks or in italics. I mean, and uh, I'm not going to revisit him until we hear something different. So it's almost like he's kind of off the board, but but still technically on it. Uh, next one for me is Nick Fitzgerald. I went stock up on one Mississippi State guy. I got to go stock down on one now. Nick Fitzgerald was someone that's funny because we talked about, you know, insider buzz and things like that. And. I heard all summer, like, man, this guy's athletic. He's really, really mobile. Uh, 6'5", 230, pretty big arm. Right? This might be a guy to, to watch as a, a you know top quarterback. So week one rolls around, he's suspended for breaking team rules. Like, ah, damn, that's not good. It's really not good for a senior quarterback. 
Week two rolls around. He goes 11 of 27 for 154 yards. Ugh. And his receivers helped him out on some of those, man. So this is me saying that Nick Fitzgerald is not accurate enough for me. So I'm way, way down on him. Um, I, I, I filled out some notes on him uh, after watching uh, both Mississippi State games and just did not like him at all. So sorry, uh, Nick Fitzgerald. You are a good college quarterback. Probably going to be the SEC's all-time leading rusher at quarterback soon, but not a pro prospect for I, me. I agree, and I fell into the trap this summer. I was like, this guy might be the top quarterback prospect by the end of the year off of the raw talent he had. Now, judging by how he came back from injury, uh, not a good start. And at best, at best, the day three guy right now. I mean, I I fell into the uh, scouting hype trap. And it, it gets all of us at it, some point because you start selling yourself. I'm like, oh, he's big. He's mobile. I've seen him throw the ball downfield a couple of times and the screens protect him on the other throws. The more I watch, I'm just like, man, it's just not going to come together to be a pro passer. Yeah. And I, I think it's like this isn't a cover our ass thing like one. But, but it's very important to remember, like I'm one person. You're one person. Mellow's one person. We don't even usually watch the same player. We try to divide guys up. Yep. So when you have four or five area scouts say, hey, you know, I send out my list to these guys to get feedback or see if I'm missing any names. And you get a lot of people say, hey, that Mississippi State quarterback is pretty good. You probably need to bump him up. You're like, oh, well, I've watched him. And before he got hurt last year, he looked pretty good. I'll, yeah, I'll bump him up a little bit. Or, you know, if they say, hey, this guy has a chance to be a first rounder. You, OK, well, he has a chance to be a first rounder. And then when you finally have time to start evaluating or watching on your own, you're like, God, no, this guy, he's not any good. Like what, where, where was this coming from? Yep. So it's uh, you know, I get, I, again, not to, not to do a cover your ass thing, but there's, there was definitely a lot of hype for him over the summer and leading up to the season. And it just, it really never came to fruition. Now we are bouncing all over the country today, covering NFL and college football. And I, one thing that we definitely want to do, Connor's talked about it a lot on the Wednesday show, is we want to, we're not ready to give these rookies up to some. No, 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 yet. not yet. We want to keep these guys for another year, maybe another, maybe two years. Sam we'll Darnold we'll forever. To, we'll have to negotiate <laughs> uh, a, a visitation schedule. Mello and I have a lot of experience with that, so we should be pretty good at it. Uh, but the rookie review is something I, I do want to get into probably every Wednesday or every other Wednesday. And it has to start off with Connor's guy, Sam Darnold. And we actually had to just take that break so Connor could change his pants. Yes, but now we're true. ready to talk about it. And, and I kind of want you to give the review because it, it'll take out. It's well, unbiased. And, and to be fair, you liked him a lot more than me before the draft. So that's I, true. Yeah, I, I would he, love to hear what you thought of him. Yeah, he was my top quarterback headed into the draft. I loved his toughness, his mental makeup, the leadership. Uh, the, and really just like his personality is perfect for an NFL quarterback because he doesn't care about the marketing deals and the, the Facebook shows. He just wants to play football and be really good at it. And that's, that's what I like in a quarterback. And so to come out and go 16 to 21 for a buck 98, two touchdowns, the one God awful interception, I, I will say the the stat line, his receivers did help him a little bit. Now, if you talk to quarterbacks though, they will tell you, Hey, he put the ball up where his guys can make a play. He trusted his guys and he trusted himself in those spots to take chances. So you, you can't really have it both ways, right? You can't nitpick a guy because he's playing in a West coast offense and always, oh, he's just throwing intermediate stuff. And then when he does throw deep, you kind of shit on him because he's, he's just throwing it up there and letting his guys make plays. So I thought Darnold executing in the framework of that offense looked very, very good. Like I would be encouraged. And this is against a, a Detroit defense. That's not, 
supposed to be that bad. No, nope. you know, there are some guys back there who are very good players, and and you know I know there were some injuries for them, but you know they have a decent pass rush. They have you know guys like Quandre Diggs and the, Darius Slay who did go down uh, with an injury, but they they have some talent back there. So I thought Darnold looked very good. Um, and there's a lot to build off of yeah, for I think next the two, week. The two biggest things is he showed command of the offense and he showed resiliency. And that's all you can really ask for in a young quarterback. And when you're talking about making the steps to be a pro outside of two play calls, the opening one, and then the weird third and short toss to Robbie Anderson, Jeremy yeah. Bates, Jeremy Bates coached circles around Detroit. I mean, yeah, everything. And like, you made a good point, Matt, like for your fantasy owners out there, Quincy Anun was the guy. He had 10 targets out of 21 attempts from Sam Darnold. So 48% of the target share went to Quincy Anunwa. He makes things happen with the ball in his hand. The touchdown, the effort on the touchdown was great. I mean, Darnold, a really nice start, but they also they did him some favors, and that's the way you're supposed to coach a rookie quarterback. So yeah. it, it hey, was, Before we yeah. move on, one thing I, I should have brought up. I texted you early in the game, and I said, man, I, the game looks a little fast yes. for him right now. He settled down so well. And I think you can credit Jeremy Bates for getting Isaiah Crowell involved, giving him some easier passes to calm him down, get him into the rhythm of the game, and then open things up. So I think he did a very good job. I mean, as far as rookie performances go, it's one of the better ones I've seen in a long time, which might not mean much because we, you know, like Jared Goff's first game was awful, you know, things like that. But I was encouraged by by what Darnold did. And we really didn't see much from the other guys. Josh Allen came in when they were down forty to nothing. It's just a bad spot for him. That's right. not fair at all. Lamar Jackson came up forty. To, it came in up forty right. to nothing, and like barely did anything. You know, yeah. through one four passes or Took, something. And and it's just yeah. those are not real situations in which you can evaluate a player. It's just it, it's really not. So not much from the quarterback side of things. The running backs though, Saquon Barkley did Saquon Barkley things, and, and he had the sixty-eight yard run, one touchdown. Uh, 106 yards rushing, a, a really good debut for him. Royce Freeman had 71 yards. Philip Lindsay had 71 yards. That might be the biggest surprise the yeah. running back class. But you know, we didn't, really didn't see Carryon Johnson get going. You know, he only had five attempts. Rashad Penny only had seven attempts. So we really didn't get to see. Uh, Nick Chubb had three. We didn't see a lot of the big name running backs really have a chance to do much. But no, nope. Saquon Barkley. Uh, in a loss, uh, I thought really lived up to a lot of the hype. And it was a little slow going, but his offensive line is not any good. And the Jacksonville defense is. So it's I think that was to be expected. Yeah, the only other guy I saw get a lot of touches was Jordan Wilkins with 14 for 40. So just, not, right. just nothing going on the ground there. It sucks that Darius Geis is hurt. And it also sucks Ronald Jones inactive. That's a bad look. Yeah, it is a bad look from a guy that we liked and, and a guy we've had on the podcast. Uh, another running back that we should mention, though, Naheem Hines. He led all running back, rookie running backs, or all rookies, excuse me, I'm going to get that right eventually, with seven catches. So he only had 33 That's yards, but there. the Colts, the Colts used their two rookie running backs a lot. Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines had plenty of touches. Rookie receivers, man, the most catches any rookie receiver had this week was two. Oh. Anthony Miller, Dante Pettis, Pettis, and Portland Sutton each had two. That is like... Not it, good. It's insane when you look at it, like... I can't believe DJ Moore is not even involved in the Panthers offense. He had a run, I think. It was all I saw from him. Because they don't yeah. guys that do that. <laughs> yeah. Will Disley was your receiver of the weekend from the rookies, guys. So oh. uh best best rookie performance I saw this weekend, though, Michael Dixon. Yeah, that I dude, mean, holy shit. It's been like that all summer. Right. 
I, people made so much fun of me over the summer. He's like, yeah, you're just a homer. When He's I said, great. The, I said the best kicker and punter in the NFL were going to be Texas guys. Justin Tucker and Michael Dixon. People are like, one, who fucking cares? Two, you're a homer. And I was like, no, wait and see. He's unreal, man. He was our best player last year. He might so. be the best punter in the NFL already. I, I, I think he I mean, I think he is. It's insane. Obviously, Denzel Ward, awesome game. Awesome yeah. game. I mean, yeah, two picks. Two picks. Um, was all over the place. He's so smooth in coverage. Derwin James, two passes defended. I thought Derwin flashed a lot. I mean, yeah. Derwin's you know, gonna be really good, man. Tremaine Edmonds had a great game yes. in a in a blowout uh for them. So, you know, they lost by 44 points, but he had seven tackles, a sack, and a forced fumble. So I thought he played well. Jannard Avery for the Browns in their oh, tie. Man. It might be a congratulations. Steal. He played well. Uh, I thought we saw some of what makes Rokon Smith good, but he's just still like coming back. He's not full speed yet, and he's not completely in football shape. Uh, Bradley Chubb had half a sack. So like some of the guys that we thought like, okay, these guys are gonna be pretty good. Like we we actually saw that flash. But uh, Mike Hughes, your guy, had a pick six. Yes, as he well. did. So, he, and he had some highs and lows, but that pick six. That's why he was a first round pick. I yeah. mean, so smooth as a third corner there. Uh, I have to get this in. Because you brought up the Browns tie. My favorite moment of the weekend was the lower on the score ticker that said Browns in parentheses. Oh, oh, and one best start since 2004. Oh, I was just... <laughs> I, I mean, like somebody made time to make that on the ticker and had to type that in and yeah. send it. Yeah, that that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. And I don't. I have a little ground to stand on as as a lifelong Jets fan, but I just. I'm sorry. I it yeah. gave me a good laugh. And you know what? I'm rooting for the Browns so hard to get a win oh, same. before they play the Jets. I don't want the Jets to be the yeah, first no win. Joke. Yeah, so, no joke. Uh, my Niners sucked, but Fred Warner had 12 tackles. He led all rookies. So also, I wanted to hat tip him. Fred Warner was great. They might have played the best team in the NFL. Just to be fair. Uh, maybe top three. Kirk Cousins looked a lot better than I expected. Me too. I wasn't the uh, the biggest believer in him being, I don't want to say elite, but really good. Yeah. And he looked really good. Um, we do want to talk about some of the year two quarterbacks here, because once again, we're not letting them go. And we finally get what we hope is a full season of Mahomes, Trubisky, Watson. We're not going to talk about the Sean Kaiser because we don't need to. <laughs> I liked no. A little bit of what I saw from both Trubisky and Mahomes. This was an ugly game for Deshaun Watson, man. I don't know if he wasn't ready to come back. I don't know if he was rusty. Just a bad game. He missed throws that he doesn't miss. It's as simple yeah. as that. And he didn't look like he wanted to really run. Now, I think that's a big thing is, and we've talked about it so much over the last almost two years of the show, is injuries are as much mental as physical. And I don't think he trusts his offensive line, and I don't know that I would either, but you could just see he didn't want to step up. He didn't want to take off, uh, and he did. He missed throws that he was making last year, and I you know, I was texting you and one of our other friends early in the game that he looked he looked really bad, and our, our other friend replied, well, he looked bad last year until he didn't anymore. So it, it's just like the flip, the switch might flip with him, and he might, he might come out lighting people up next week. The Patriots are a very smart defense, and they looked good Dietrich defense. Wise and Trey Flowers did whatever the hell they wanted up front, and that that really affected Watson. I, I thought he did get better as the game went on. Uh, you know, they they mounted a little bit of a comeback, but yeah, it wasn't pretty from him. I thought Trubisky um, played well. I mean, that was like the Trubisky that we saw at, at North Carolina. He left some plays on the field, 
And I, I think that's just where he has to continue to gel with, you know, Matt Nagy and all those new receivers. I mean, this is a team that is very, very new, but I mean, he, they were up like what, 20 to nothing at one point. I mean, they, they were playing well. And I think green Bay just made some really nice adjustments. And, and then you try to, like you have to worry about like, oh my God, we have to score because Aaron Rodgers is doing it again. Yeah. And, and you start pressing a little bit. I think that was what was disappointing to me. Um it, is that you needed to score in the second half and they just couldn't do it. But yeah. listen, these guys are still young. We don't have to we don't have to judge off one game. I love not only the way Pat Mahomes played, but I love the offense they've tailored to him. It's, oh my god. It's so smart with the speed they have, it's just, and Andy Reid called a really good game. It's just meant for Mahomes. It's shifting from Alex Smith to Mahomes is so hard, and the Chiefs almost have seamlessly done it. Yeah, and what's like, Pat's stat line is going to be funny all year because he's probably going to complete like 56% of his passes That's and throw fine. 45 touchdowns. Yep. So, uh, and actually, I talked to him a little bit Sunday night. He was very, very happy and gave all the credit to all his playmakers. It I'm wasn't shocked. like... Man, that was easier than I expected it. Or, you know, like, man, how great do we look? It was like, I'm so lucky to have these guys around me. Yeah. So he, I think he's aware of, yeah, he, he has Tyreek Hill and that makes it a lot of things a little bit easier than they would be for everyone else. And even like D'Anthony Thomas got involved in, and that was a, a really good team win for the Chiefs. Um, but I, I think Mahomes, if I had to pick one that I was most impressed by over the weekend, it would have been Mahomes. But hey, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it, it's a long season. That might mean nothing next week. I mean, he he could throw four picks next week. I mean, he's he's going to be that type of player where it, it, he might lead the league in yards, touchdowns, and interceptions. All right, as always, guys, we got your draft on draft questions locked in. Time to get through these. Some really good ones. A lot of good NFL stuff in here, too. All right, let's get into it. John Patterson, you can pick one defensive end to start a franchise with out of Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett, Bradley Chubb or Nick Bosa? Oh my Who God. And why? Rank <laughs> one to four. One is so easy. It's Miles Garrett. Okay, I was going to say Miles Garrett too. And when you were like, <laughs> it's so easy, I was like, wait, am I wrong? No, no, it's Miles okay. Garrett and then everyone yeah. else. I right. actually, it, okay. I agree. Let's ri- I'll rip through them so fast for me. We're going to have the same order. Okay, I think so. It's Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Bradley Chubb. You're absolutely right. Okay. That's the only I, way I got to do so it. nervous when you didn't yeah. answer right away. I'm like, uh-oh. I was taking a drink. No, no, you're absolutely right. Miles Garrett's athleticism, strength, length, character. It's just... Dude, he played 84 of 84 unreal. snaps. 84. Yeah. There's a reason that I was giving him like an almost perfect grade when he came out. Like, it was it was easy. And I, I tweeted that over the weekend. Like, Miles Garrett was easy to scout. Nick Bosa... Also easy to scout. I, I think Joey, like right now, we're a little worried about injuries and stuff, but I, I see him as almost more of like a pow- power player. I mean, Eric Flowers would probably think he was a, a speed rusher, but or a running back, something completely God, off the rails. Eric Flowers, he, what an idiot! I, the joke that keeps on giving. It's embarrassing. And then Bradley Chubb is very good. I just don't think he's that dynamic. No, so Bradley Chubb that's was a good like question though. Chubb was more closer to like the Olivier Vernon scale. For yeah. Me. Then like the, an elite, elite rusher. And I like yeah. Bradley Chubb, but I'm just saying it's my favorite thing about Bradley Chubb was that he'd never had bad games. Nope. He doesn't lose you know, that like, much. Right. It's just, just really solid. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, Miles Garrett's in a world of his own, not, you know, this, Oh shit, this guy's amazing. Miles um, Garrett is in a world all by himself. Um, 
He might be the best defensive end in, in the foot in the football in football in, right in all now. All of the football. Jesus Christ. All right, Gershmit. Oh, I haven't heard from him in a while. Yep, he's Welcome back. back, buddy. Welcome back. All right, is Nathan Peterman the worst quarterback ever? Oh. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's I'm, really bad, man. And okay, he's in a horrible position every time they start him because he really is. He shouldn't have played last year. He was drafted to be a backup at best. He's starter this year on a team that offensively, personnel-wise, they stink. They stink. But he's also terrible. He's yeah. terrible. I And I feel bad for him because... Me too. I, I don't, like... He's just not that good, and they're expecting him to be. Like He would be a number three quarterback for most teams, and you would never see him play, and he would probably play eight to nine years in the league, and it'd be fine. He'd be like, yeah, eh, Peterman kid. Okay, cool. But he's being asked to be this like savior of the Bills, and it's just not going to happen. And they are putting him in these awful situations. So, like, he's probably not the worst quarterback ever, obviously, but he's probably the worst starting quarterback I've ever seen. Uh, it's not good. And that's why you can't. He's a fifth round pick. Like, you don't force these guys into starting roles. Just look at the history of guys drafted on day three. Right. There's no hits there that start. I mean, duh, Tom Brady, if that's going to be your. Instant yeah, you want to go on that one, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and go ahead. That was like 8 million years ago, and he's the endless wonder at this point. Here's my draft-on-draft draft question for you. Would you rather have Nathan Peterman or Christian Hackenberg as your backup quarterback? Peterman. Yeah. See, so there are worse quarterbacks out there. Oh, there's... Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I definitely don't think he's the worst quarterback ever. I think he's the worst quarterback ever that keeps being forced to start. Yeah, man. I'm trying to think of a situation like this where we were like, we're doing this again. Like, why are we doing this again? I can't honestly can't think of one. Oh, um, and he was way better than Peterman. Uh, Cody Kessler. Oh, yeah. He was way better than Peterman, but he's way sucked. better. Yeah. He sucked. Kellen Moore uh, would be, would yeah. be mine. Uh, all right. Austin. I, th- I think I'm saying this right. Austin Gothews. Gothews. All right. Sure. And this we kind of touched on this one earlier. Who is was the better prospect, Nick Bosa or Miles Garrett? I think it's Miles Garrett. Uh, I was actually trying to find here my my grade that I put on Miles Garrett, and I'm sure I'll find it as soon as we're done. But uh, it was damn near perfect. It was like eight seven five on a nine point scale or something ridiculous like that. So uh, yeah, I'm a, I was a huge Miles Garrett fan, and I, I like Nick Bosa a lot, just not that much. Yeah, Miles Garrett's different. There's just no really other way to put it. He's special. And Nick Bosa is very, very, very good. He's just, Miles Garrett was like a no-brainer how good he was. And I worried about Joey Bosa, not to jump back into that, but I worried about, I I liked him. I I had him as a, I think he was number six overall for me that year, but that was the year that Miles Jack and Jalen Smith got hurt, and I just kept them at the top of my rankings because it was like, if they're ever healthy again, this is where they would have been kind of thing. Same. Um, yeah. Which, um, but then I really liked Bosa. So he would have technically been the fourth player on my board, but I did worry just a little bit about agility. And it was kind of like, man, if he's asked to be a, a stand up pass rusher, I don't think it's going to work, you know? And, and he's been put in a really good role in, uh, with the chargers and he's a great defensive end. Great, great player. But I, I just had some small worries about his, uh, agility and burst, and I wonder with Nick if it'll be the same once I actually dive in. I think Nick is a little twitchier I think than so. Joey was. Um, but, I mean, yeah, they're both really, really fucking good. Yeah. All right, this last one from John Chaney. As a Kentucky fan, everyone seems certain Benny Snell will leave after his junior season with school touchdown record and possible rushing record that makes sense. 
Where do you see him projecting? So somebody I talked about on stock up this week, yeah. I could see him going in the third round and and being a starter. I mean, guys from the third round start all the time. So yeah. I, he's almost, I don't want to call him an easy eval for me, but like, I don't think his evaluation is very difficult. Yeah, I get such a Doug Martin vibe from him. He's a little bit like bigger than Doug Martin, but just that that running style. Yeah, I, I think he'll leave. I We both said before, I don't see why you would stay yeah, if you're go. a running back. What do you have to prove? I mean, he put he's last two years, he went over a thousand yards and he it, I, I think the biggest thing is I would love to see him catch the ball more, which I feel like I say that about every college running back these days. But I would like to see a couple more catches out of him than we saw last year. Um, that's that was the biggest thing I had in my notes. But I mean, yeah, he's productive in the red zone. He's he's shown some speed and he's he's really, really tough. I mean, what do you have? 175 yards against Florida. So yep. Uh, good player. I, I would say he probably does leave. And, and yeah, he's probably a third round pick who ends up being a starter next year. Yeah. Strike while the iron's hot. I think their line has kind of opened things up for him a little bit this year. So, and I know like production for running backs can be difficult because we talked about David Montgomery earlier. He gets no help and his stats look yeah. horrible. And LJ Scott hasn't had much help either. But listen, when you come out of a season where you just ran for over 1300 and then next year you're going to do it again. You're going to get looks. It's as simple as that because you're playing in the SEC. And yeah, that says exactly. a lot about you. Yeah. He's number five in the country in rushing right now. So not bad. Yeah. And he'll finish right around there. I wouldn't be surprised. You know who's number all. one? Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he is. I mean, dude. That's my, that's it, my dude. AJ Dillon's <laughs> got to be right up there with him, right? Uh, AJ Dillon is 18th. Oh, well, guess because he played like two quarters because they play right. like schools that probably have seven people going to the right. school. Right. So. Not to hate, but sorry. Yeah, they play my old high school. So I mean, this is a Jonathan Taylor uh, podcast, folks. Just so everyone is. notes that. Yeah, if just you, get on board with it. Yeah, if you haven't figured that out yet, it's very obvious. If you haven't listened to the Monday show, I am very upset with you. So go back, catch up on that. College football recap. Wednesdays, we dive into a little more NFL. And of course, on Friday, big bounce back week for the CFB picks. Yeah, 4-1 and one this week for both of us. So Love it. take that. The haters we, you, you we made all their money back, back. yeah all yeah. the haters said you would not bounce back and you and we certainly did. did yeah it's gonna be a fun fun week though uh instagram live is blowing up we are doing three pods a week we're on spotify now obviously you can get us in the br app still and you're i can't stress this enough you want to get on instagram and follow at stick to football mellow and i are going to be hitting the road thursday uh driving to the middle of nowhere oklahoma spending the night then waking up bright and early friday morning headed to austin we have some potentially amazing celebrity guests who are going to be joining us on the stick to football Instagram uh, over the weekend down in Austin. So you're going to want to check that out. Uh, there's even a rumor. We're going to have a reunion with our old intern Kennedy. So you, you guys are going to want to be on the stick to football Instagram. Make sure you hop on there uh, and follow us on Twitter. If you're not already at stick to football uh, for Connor, I'm Matt. We'll talk to you guys in just two days.